Ashley Brock Green, Diane Palmer's book, Merciless, Chapter 13. The funeral home chapel was very crowded. Almost all the employees of the San Antonio FBI field office who knew John showed up. After Jacobsville, Texas Police Department was on hand, so were members of various other federal agencies who knew the very popular brothers. I hadn't counted on so many people. John told Kilrape and Nessie sent the front view with Winnie and Jocelyn. Not to worry. I've got several people watching, and I've got court-ordered wiretaps as well. Gilbert and Blackwater. Now that we have some solid leads, now that we have some solid leads, we're going to blow the case wide open. Jocelyn was looking over her shoulder, her eyes almost... I don't believe it! The others followed her wide-eyed stare. Oh, my God, she's walking in. Son of a... Kill rape and mother had started to get up. Expression was homicidal. John pulled him back down. Don't you dare, he said, sir. Kami, we'll come back and honor us both. He killed my baby girl. Kill rape and He's only been accused, not convicted. John reminded him, you're an officer of the law. You can't touch him. Get a grip. Kill rape and subsided, but not happily. Then the oddest thing happened. Hell no. Shifty-eyed and uncomfortable. But determined, walked down the aisle to where the family was sitting. Stopped right in front of Kill Raven. I didn't kill her. He said in low tone. Glanced around to make sure he wasn't overheard. John's going, what the? Monroe went down on one. He, he's lush and nervous, constantly looking around. Him. I know, he just ain't got down at all. I ain't smart. Help some poor kids get work. And you think it's a bad way I do it. But listen, I ain't never killed nobody, especially no little girl. The brothers were just staring at him, done about it. No ladies either. He had a gruffly glance at the counter. He bragged to another jailbird that you killed my daughter, Kilroy said, barely restraining the urge to throttle the man in front of witnesses. He even fingered the murder weapon. Monroe lowered his Yeah, so that you find it. I put it where it was told you. I was scared, but you tell them smart guys to look at the prints on the shelves that was in it. I didn't take the shelves out. You see, I left them. I figured when I got a chance, I'd make it right. That little girl. That poor little girl. The monster with a conscience. The spellbound audience was exchanging puzzled glances. He said he'd kill my wife. She's all I got. She's smart. She works in the library. She never hurt nobody. Hey, you, John is going. You look at them prints on those shelves. You'll see you. And he's got a kid. She's crazy like him. Yeah, he took her along with him when she wasn't seen. He didn't want her stepdad to find out. She could get information from him. See, but you check them prints, then you find out where she was the night your little girl got shot. You check where she was when he glanced at the casket in the room. Well, you'll see who. You'll see a lot. You confessed on tape. Kilgrim said, yeah, I did. I knew the guy was wired. How? Monroe shoot. I can't say. I said enough already. I set it up so I could be accused. Then maybe they would think I told on them. One thing I told on them. I could say, you know, that I was willing to take the rap for it. They'd leave my wife alone. They'll kill me in a heartbeat if they find out I told you this. Like hell they will. Kill every motion to a man in suit in the aisle. He came for This is Harold Monroe, he told the man. If he dies, we come after you in a pickup truck at night. Wearing ninja gear. Get the picture. The man choked. Yeah. Monroe's eyes. You're protecting me? I'm out on bottom murder charge. I even confessed. We'll get the charges job, John said quietly. You testified of what you know. We'll see what we can do for you on the other charges if you stop trying to exploit kids. 
most of my ain't smart enough to make money any other way, but hey, I guess I could move to Vegas and become a pimp. Pickrit showing us missing tooth. John shook his head. Then Rowley Ford, you want to do some checking with San Antonio PD? He had a whisper. The guy who's ring prints are on it. Joe's in that shotgun. He's related to Jay Cooper, but I never told you that. You found it out? Kill Raven, not a god, Monroe. This is gonna ruin your rep in local criminal circles, circles if it ever gets out. You ain't tell nobody, he sickled. Got that? Kill Raven smiled. We'll do what we can for you, John said his eyes. Why come forward now? I was gonna let the evidence on that shoe shotgun turn the trick, but I was afraid it might fall through the cracks, especially when Mrs. Blackhawk got killed. Then I knew I had to say something. She was a great lady, he said on to her. See, my dad got sent to prison for murder a long time ago. He was young and his mom had cancer and he needed medicine he wouldn't pay for. When he got out, your family hired him, gave him a job, trusted him when nobody else would. So long, call him as your father. John explained shock. Yeah, but he never married my mom, Monroe said. He wanted to, but she didn't believe in that stuff. Kind of hippie. See, anyway, I made sure nobody knew, because I didn't want him to lose his job. If he knew about me, he's a good man, John said quietly. He was still reeling about the infiltration of the detectives who's done the background check on Sloan Column and missed this connection. Yes, and she was a good woman, Monroe said non to the captain. She made you hire him. She didn't know about me either, but she was good to my dad. Because if I'd known they were going to do that, I'd have told my dad, and he'd have watched her. You made threatening phone calls to me. Not me, Monroe replied with evidence, Ernie. You were just doing your job when you arrested me. No call to kill a man for that. I don't know grudges. That's why I called you. <laughs> to, to... To show you, I didn't hold it against you. I just wanted to know I was out. The no. Check the prints on them shelves, Marissa. That's all. Ow. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he was looking toward the back of the church. A young blonde woman had walked in and was looking at him with cold eyes. He got his feet flushed. Get him out of here, John told the undercover agent who ordered a worried Monroe out the back door of the jump. Quick. He told us nothing. Killed Raven Caution, the others. The blood came up. To the family, looking compassionate, said, I'm so sorry about your mother, she said, and seemed really honest. Thanks, Phyllis, John said with a subdued smile. We appreciate you coming to the service. <clears throat> a lot, Kilraven added when he nodded. Yes, Jocelyn agreed and smiled warmly. The woman gave them a shrewd present. Was that? Wasn't that Monroe man who was arrested for trafficking? She wondered, what was he saying to you? Gloating, John said coldly. Killraven was gonna punch him, but John wouldn't let him. Just inadequately, after all he's done, the nerve to show up here. The young woman shrugged, but she couldn't hide the gleam of relief in her eyes. Well, I just want to say sorry about Mrs. Blackhawk, she added. Such a pity. Gosh, your family has had some real tragedies, hasn't it? Some real tragedies, Killraven said quietly. Now one more to add to it, he indicated the casket. Must have been devastating, she agreed. Do they have any idea who might have done it? I mean, that Monroe made, man-made threats, didn't he? Betty told me about the phone calls. She had it quickly. Lots of threats, John's going And he's going to pay for them very soon. She's my good. I hope he does. I'll see you all at the office then. Yes, John Thanks for coming. You're very welcome. She looked at the castle with an odd curiosity, smiled at them, and walked back to have a seat in the back of the chapel. The Blackhawks looked at each other, said nothing. John gripped Rosalind's hand tightly. 
in his own as the music began and a clear, sweet voice began to sing Cammy's favorite gospel song, Amazing Grace. Despite all his best efforts to keep his emotions under control, John's eyes were what is the last strong note ended on the song, but so were those of everyone else in the chapel. The crime lab was far ahead of John when he spoke to Alice Mayfield Jones Fowler, the chief investigator, about the prince on the murder victim. Sure, we got this prince first thing. Criminals always overlook something obvious. Monroe's prints were on the barrel, but someone else's prints were on the shelves. Not too smart to put them back in the gun after they've been fired. Alice, you're over always put empty shells in the chamber when you store a shotgun. John Sargent, yes, I know that. I meant that he put back the same shells he used with his fingerprints all over them. She was, I was checking, I was just checking to make sure you knew that. Alice. Anyway, yes, there were prints and they belonged to Bart Hancock. It was what John had thought all along. Harold Monroe was an idiot. Never kill anyone or even been connected with murders. Most criminals didn't step outside their comfort zones. Monroe might be in Monroe bought and sold children which was reprehensible, but he wasn't a killer. Now what? John asked, thinking aloud. Now you get a search warrant, Swain. Alice. Hey, I was just thinking aloud. Honest, I know the FBI doesn't need to be led by the hand in a murder investigation. She chuckled in sober. Sorry about your mother, by the way. That was a shock. I mean, it's never occurred to any of us that she'd be a target. As you do have, I feel guilty. You're human, Blackhawk. She said gently, don't beat yourself over the head. Yes, I guess so. If you can connect the murder weapon to Hancock, you've got a pretty good case on circumstantial evidence. Odd thing. There were other fingerprints on the shelves, just a partial, but when we ran them through a database, we didn't get any, even one hit. That is odd. Any ideas? None. If you can make Hancock talk, he might tell you. I ruled out Dan Jones, by the way. His prints weren't on the shelves. Even odder. John was thinking Winkler's. I may have something even better to change the case. What? Oh, no, I'm not telling you. Next thing I know, you'll be in Hollywood, pinching a murder mystery to some producer. Dang. Fooled again. Are you working my mother's case? Yes. Well... I thought I was, but they wouldn't let me into the hotel room, she said. Marquis said they had other investigators working in. Oh, he thought again. Marquis usually asked for Jones, or Fowler, which was a married name. She married Harley Fowler, the son of a U.S. senator. I guess I was late on the scene, she said. I guess. But if you need help, I'll call and thanks. No problem. He was now certain that Hancock was responsible for Melly's death and also for Cammie Blackhawk's. What Hancock's daughter had to do with it, either case, was still new British, but John was going to make sure the man didn't sleaze out of the new charges. So when he phoned Rick Marquis to require copies of the police report on his mother's death, he was shocked to run into Rick Walls. No. Rick <laughs> said it once. No. John was thinking about Not yet. All I want is the preliminary report. Not yet. Okay, I know this case is personal with you. That's why I'm not giving you anything, especially crime scene photos. I could get a warrant. Yes, you could. And I'll find a judge tonight. Maybe the same judge who let Monroe out on bail. Speaking of Monroe, we can't find him anywhere. Do you know anything about that? Who, me? John asked, why would I know? He was speaking to you at the funeral home, and then he vanished. Strange, John said evenly. Isn't it? John drew along. I spoke to Alice Jones. Alice Fowler. Yes, she said they checked fingerprints on the shelves of the murder weapon and in the murder of my niece. That's true. We're compiling evidence right now for a warrant to arrest Bart, Bart Hancock. Good luck getting to him, John said coolly. Isn't he, isn't he at his uncle's place in the Bahamas? We heard he was. Extradition is going to be a lengthy progress, even with evidence. There's a long pause.
Yes, y'all got alarm bells going off in the back of his mind. What's going on, Marquise? Yes, suddenly. Why do you think something's going on? There's a villain. I can't tell you anything. Kind of won't. Both. There was What? There was a muffle coming. Sorry. Gotta go. I'll keep you posted on the investigation. And I'm sorry, much mother. Yes, so are we, John's family. I'll be in touch. He hung up. John was slow putting down the phone. There was a click. It was a slow smile. He reached for a button and pushed it. Things were sure beginning to look up. I absolutely can't believe Harold Monroe coming up to us at the funeral tonight. He was responsible. Jocelyn told John that evening at her apartment. Well, they watched her son's all picture of a camel he'd seen on a news program. I can't either, Johnson, but I'm glad. Me too. I think we may solve more than one murder when all the evidence is collected, he shook his head. I work for the FBI, so does my brother, intermediately, and neither of us knew that Monroe's father worked at the ranch. If we had known with his record, I'm sure we'd have blamed him for Cammy's murder. I can understand why. I suppose even criminals have some odd sense of honor. She brushed the hand on Marky's black hair. You really can draw, my baby. Yes, you can. John took the pencil away from him, picked him up, and placed him on his lap. You look somewhat like me, he said in a deep, affectionate tone. Amazing that I never noticed before. You're a lot bigger than me, Marky said and giggled when John tickled him. John hugged him, the boy woman. I love being a father. Ouch, Dad, you're squeezing me. Marky complained. John chuckled and let him escape back to the table where his pencil and paper were lying. Of course, all the surprises of my life, this was the nicest. He said, sighing. He looked at Jocelyn. Loving the sweetness of her expression, the familiarity of her. You should have told me. He added, but in a tender You know why I didn't? She got his big hand on her. I thought it would destroy your life and hurt your career. And I knew your mother would do everything in her power to keep us away from you. She was, she really was a kind person, all that gruff attitude. I was only just getting to know her. I'm so sorry I didn't have the time. So am I. There's a hole in the world. And in your heart, she added. She sat down in his lap. Time will help it heal. He held her close. Burned his face in her throat. Yes. Are you sad, Daddy? Marky asked, coming up on my side. It's because my grandma died, isn't it? Yes, John's mom. It hurts. She was mean at first, but then she bought us ice cream. He sighed. Now I won't have a grandma anymore. She would have spoiled him riding. John said when Marky had gone back to his drawing. Yes, he shifted her on his lap. Sorry. I wonder what Rick Marquis is up to. He murmured. Why do you think he's up to something? He won't let me see the police report or can't on Cammy's dead. She's like, he won't? He had her. You could get it. Now those are protected files beyond Barry Walsh again. And you can hack anything. She pursed her lips. Her eyes were twinkling. Most anything. She agreed. Will you? If you'll bring Marky to visit me in prison, she said under her breath, tongue in cheek, I'll get you the best of criminal lawyer in San Antonio. He promised. She got it. Okay. I'll use the file side identity and cross my fingers. She went to the computer on the dining room table, sat down to turn on the power. Ten minutes later, she went back to John Frowning. What's wrong, he asked. There are no files. He was like, what? <laughs> no files at all, no photos, no evidence forms, nothing. That's not possible, he said coolly. It's a murder case. I know, but nothing has been filed, he was thinking. We're going to It's only been a few days, he actually. Perhaps they haven't had time to upload photos or other evidence. She didn't answer. Took out his cell phone and called him. Mac, he said, there are no files on Cammy's murder. Have you led Jocelyn into a life of cybercrime trying to hack protected police files? He came to reply. Yes, no files, you say. Exactly. 
I'll dig around and let you know what I find out. He hung up. Mac's gonna try. Tell Jocelyn, this is confusing. Jocelyn was chewing on the facts herself. Coburn hadn't been allowed into the hotel room where Cammy died. There had been two strange men at the funeral home, and John said the funeral director had been disconcerted when they mentioned an open casket at the service. Now there were no files on the case. She added up those facts and produced a conclusion that she didn't dare voice. John reached the same conclusion. They looked at each other without speaking. There would have been no reason to state it, except for both of them, unless they had knowledge of a plot to kill her and set it up to save her, he replied. Maybe to get evidence that could be used against the whole, the would-be shooter and give them time to do more checking. Exactly! His heart lifted suddenly. Might not be the tragedy he expected. Cammy must still be alive, in hiding, and Marquis had forbidden any knowledge of it till John or Jocelyn because he suspected someone working with him, someone who might accidentally find out that it was a setup. Jocelyn could draw sandite. We could be wrong, she said. There are plenty of circumstantial, circumstantial things that were connected, concoded into theory. I know that. Is my apartment bugged, you think? She wondered. If it is, we both know who bugged it, he replied. The killer can't have planted any listening devices here. They'd have been removed. John's cell phone rang again. Yes! It's bugged, yes. Someone did plant listening devices, but I found them all. The deep force for the court South African accent replied. There was a chuckle. Your conclusions are very interesting, but I'll say nothing to a firm or deny their correctness. You'll have to sit back and wait for results like the rest of us. Where is Salone gone? John asked. In a safe place, he put his own life on the line to help us with the project. There's a very dangerous person out there, John said quietly. You have no idea, replied Tessie. We made some disturbing discoveries, I can't say any more. You've got somebody watching my brother and his wife. Yes, also you, Jocelyn, and the boy. All right, but I'm, I'll remind you that I do work the <laughs> premier law enforcement agency in the country, which will get you carte blanche in this investigation, except that you have one or more suspects in your very own office. One or more. John burst out. I can't say any more, and don't try to pop my keys, he added. I trained him in counter-espionage myself. He's incorruptible. Damn, John muttered. You'll like the result. Be patient. John Very well, thanks, Rook. Some odd things may happen tomorrow, Rook added quietly. Be on your guard. Don't go anywhere alone. Make sure Jocelyn doesn't leave the building without you. What about my son? John asked. We have two agents at the school, he replied. He'll be safe, I give you my word, and I don't give it lightly. He better be. One other thing, he added. Yes. There was a pond, John heard someone else, speaking in a top firm tone, who came back on I can't say anything else. Trust me, I'll have your best interests at heart. Didn't Napoleon make her such a statement just before Waterloo? John wondered aloud. That's your brother's thing, military history, not yours. He was reminding Tungji. Get a good night's sleep. You're going to need it. He hung up. John looked at Jocelyn. Then his son was real worried. He didn't know what or how much to tell Jocelyn. He only hoped whatever was orchestrating this development plot knew what they were doing. He wished he knew what it was. End of chapter 13.